Welcome to another episode of the Art and BS podcast, the podcast by artists, for artists, and art lovers. I am your host, James Geralds, back for another week recording from Fresno, California, here holding it down for you guys. We're at episode 20. You guys, there's been a lot of complications. They didn't want to see us make it. We had to tie things together on a shoestring to get this episode to the family. But you know what they say. We make ways where there's a will. So, really quick, I want to give a shout out to everybody listening across the web, everybody listening on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, Google, all that good stuff. Um, We appreciate the support. This week we have a very special guest. You know, in the past few weeks we've kind of taken um, different routes as far as art, looking at contemporary artists who do a few different things this week um we're kind of getting back to the roots of you know painting from life drawing from life oil painting classic material so without further ado we're going to let you know who's here guys jody thompson is here for episode 20 of the art and bs podcast jody how are you doing today I'm doing great, Cheryl. How are you doing? Fantastic. So, we appreciate you coming out. You know, we've probably tried to do this podcast. Um, we've been we've been working on it for what the last two hours. Uh, a lot yeah. of hiccups, things like that, but we've gotten it uh, kind of underway. Oh, I'm ready to go. Okay. So, um. And what I will do is, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because we've kind of talked about, you know, your story, um, you know, in the previous uh, times that we've tried to do this. So why don't we why don't we do some things a little bit different this time? Um, and why don't you talk about um, currently, Jody? So you're in Tennessee, correct? Okay, so why don't you tell us what your day consists like in your current practice of art? Like, what what's a typical day well, look like for Jody Thompson? Okay, okay, I got you. Now, are you painting primarily from life? Yes, I'd say about 80% of it's from life. Um, I have a, you know, my room is basically set up for still lifes. Um, I have, you know, just still life set up, still life set up. And that way if I get tired of one or one's not working very well, I can move over to the next one. 
I used to live and die by one painting, and then it was just frustrating, because, um, you know, sometimes it didn't work, and then it kind of get me down for a couple of days. Now I just move on to another painting, and then usually I can get it back together. So I've been really productive this last, since last August, I've been just highly productive, more than I ever have in my whole entire life. Mm. Now, did, do you feel like, now you had said something, you know, as far as working on multiple paintings at one time, do you think that that has increased your productivity? Yes. Um, and my, my confidence more than anything, because, you know, when you do it every day, it just kind of starts becoming very, um, you know, automatic. You know, you don't start to, you don't have to think as much, you know, you know. The materials are there, you know what, you know. Know, but it's took me a lifetime to get here where I now know what materials I want to use, the paints I want to use, the brushes I want to use, and the subject matter I want to paint. And so now I'm just, you know, now I'm just painting. Um, I paint. The only way to learn how to paint is to paint, 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 you know. I hear you. Oh man, this is, we have a lot, like, you know, this conversation, there's so much that I want to get to. It's, it's a little difficult because I have a lot, I have a lot of questions that I want to ask you. Um, but less about the questions that I want to ask more about your history. Um, can you sort of talk about, you know, um, your history, uh, your formative years, and then, you know, your higher education as far as what, uh, you know, where you went to school for art and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it started in kindergarten, and um, I knew how to draw and paint and started, and then you know, my kindergarten teacher was a big, big influence on me. She was my first grade teacher also, and this Carney, and she told me I'd make, wrote me a letter and said one day I'd make a living with a brush, and my dad was a house painter, and he, um, he didn't think that was a great idea because he didn't want me to have to paint houses, but my mother said, no, the other brushes. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of pursued it. My mother made it possible for me anytime I found a class or anything I wanted. Because um, I was kind of private with my art. I didn't like to do it at school. I didn't enjoy art at school because all I wanted to do was paint and draw and they, they had projects and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, I basically flunked art in high school. And then, then when I got out of high school, you know, during high school after I got out, I, I you know, started you know, find an artist that became like mentors to me. Um, I joined an art group in Nashville called the Tennessee Art League. And it had been here about four years before me. And it was mostly older people, so I was like the baby of the whole group. And, um, and how old were you when you joined uh, this group? I was 19, and I think the nearest person to me at the time was about 30. Mm. Um, so I became the guy that set up the tables on the, the day of the meetings because that was my day to set the gallery. And I was a docent that day, and so I could set the chairs and the tables up because everybody else was older. And so I got to know everybody by, you know, because I learned a long time ago, if you hang out with artists, you know, you'll learn about being an artist. And so anytime I get an opportunity to be around artists, this group, you know, these were professionals, amateurs, just a little bit of everybody, lots of ladies, um, um, 90 years old down to me. And I made lifelong friends, and 
lot of them passed, and recently um, I lost one that was 99 years old, um, Fred Kotzman. He, he studied with Thomas Hart Benton, and um, he just, I met him when he was in his 60s, and I was 19 years old, and I knew him all the way up till he passed away, and um, so that was quite a, quite a long friendship. He was a realist. He did intemperate and very tight realist. So that kind of, that's why I gravitated to him. Mm. I just always enjoyed the realism. Definitely. Now, um, you know, so was you were 19, you joined that club. Now, that was that before you went to, that had to be before you went to, to college, correct? For art and... Yeah, um, yeah, this is prior to, you know, then I went, you know, then I, I read a magazine always called American Artist. It's out of print now. Um, Artist Magazine bought them out, but it was um, the place, you know, if you like realism, that was the magazine. Mm-hmm. And so I always knew there was a school called the Dart Students League of New York, and it's in Manhattan on 57th Street. And so I just liked the art that was coming out of there, and so I told my mother I'd like to go to New York, and so I went up stayed a week, um, had the greatest time of my life, went back home and moved up and started in uh, September of 1979, I believe, um, but it was quite an adventure, um, and I was studying watercolors at the time, and I studied with an artist named Mario Cooper, mm-hmm. and then um, I spent two years at the league got out of the league and, and got an opportunity to study with Daniel Smith. I mean, Daniel Green, who taught at the Art Students League, but he had since left and had taught privately in a studio in upstate New York and North Salem at his private studio. And um, became his assistant up there. And that got me back to oil painting. And so I pretty much, you know, if it wasn't for Dan Green, I probably would be a, a painter right now. Um, changed my life um, immensely. Mm. He showed me professionalism. He, he was a, a real professional and um, he basically one of the founders of the Portrait Society in and Raymond Kinsler and that was just the work I always gravitated towards these guys. To get to work for him was such a great opportunity. So wait, did you say he was one of the founders of the Portrait Society? No, Dan Green was my teacher. Right. Yep. That's amazing. So what now, were, now, you said you got the, the professionalism, you learned some of that from Dan Green, but so what were some of the, some of the jewels and the gems that, that, that you got from him more specifically? Well, like Dan, you know, he taught more in workshop form. He was one of like the first guys that really taught workshops. I mean, he, he raked in the money. He makes money over workshops. But he traveled all over the country, and then he would have his summer classes at um, his studio, private studio, which was a 50 by 100 foot Dan Burrell roof barn with north lights. Um, just an artist green, you know, 25 foot tall, soaring ceilings. Um, it's just wonderful. But um, he he was a professional artist. He was making his living. I remember the first day I walked into the studio and I'd walk up a staircase and the door was actually on the floor in the barn. 
above your head and walk up into it. And, I mean, I teared up. It was that exciting because, you know, to get to study with somebody that, you know, was successful was, you know, it's a very rare thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, he, he taught you in a nice system. He had a nice system for the week, you know, and getting me back to oil painting. He was just like the perfect teacher to get me back into my, give me some structure because I really needed some structure. I was always, always over the place, bouncing, and he really taught me how to build a paint. You know, start with the foundation, the framing, and the drywall, and the trim, and you know, so that's how I paint. I paint like I'm building something. Um, and I, you know, over the years, you know, doing that same steps over and over and over, it allowed me to now, if I stay with my, you know, certain amount of, you know, building, I'll end up getting there. Mm-hmm. I paint a lot different than he does, and my, my, you know. My subject matter is different, but because um, you know, he's teaching us to be portrait painters, and um, and now I paint portraits of junk, still life stuff that I have in my studio. Um, nothing valuable, just junk. Um, but he was, he still is. I mean, Dan's done. You know, he's pushing ninety, I believe. But um, Dan is, um, he's taught so many, you know, thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he took, you know, he really gave me that extra thing, and he would, you know, gave me just a little pat on the back every once in a while. It was really nice, and um, changed my life, and changed my wife's life too. She also studied with me. Oh, okay. my friends. Yeah, it's kind of how we um we knew each other, and then she actually brought him to Nashville for workshops, and then. That he um, needed a needed a assistant, and my wife recommended me. That's how I got the job up there in North in North Salem. And then she would come up in the summers and paint with us. And um, the second year, she came up, and we went to um, we took a carriage ride. We took a ride into New York on the train from North Salem, New York, to Manhattan. Spent the day in the park went from museums and then we took a carriage ride ride to Central Park and um, we've been together ever since. Wow. That's that's extremely romantic. Well it's even more romantic is how I met her. Um, earlier I was talking to you about the Parthenon, our replica we have in Nashville and that group that I belong to, the Tennessee Art League, put, put on the art show every year for many, many years called the um Central South. There were seven states and they entered the show. And people would hand deliver their work and people would come from all over. It was a really big deal. And I was just, you know, I entered that show from 19 to 24, 25 years old. And one year she entered a self-portrait and I was in charge of hanging the show. So I was there with the judge while he was going through. I'd bring the painting and say whether it was in or out. And he brings me his I go and get this little self-portrait of this blonde girl, and I set it up on the thing, and he puts it in the show, and I mark it on the piece of paper. And two nights later, I go to a demonstration of the um, judge did for all the members, and there was that blonde. And so, again, the guy I was at the time, um, I went up and flirted with her and told her her self-painting got in the show, and that's how I met her, was through her seeing her self-portrait. <laughs> 
Right? Great advertisement. <laughs> It's interesting because looking at her work, you know, and looking at your work, you you two paint differently, vastly differently, and, and that's that's super cool. And then the subject matter, even though some of sometimes like uh, I feel like she does more portraiture, and then you you do more painting like still lifes and things like that. Um, yeah. question for you you know what's interesting is now that you're because there's not many people I can ask this uh, to have you okay because you're from Tennessee did, did you go to Indianapolis much when you were younger uh, in your you know um, or at any any time like have you ever had any experience curious um you know um so okay so moving forward because we kind of have you know there's a there's a lot that you know i want to get to because it's like yeah you you paint you have you know some really nice portraits as well and it seems like you know like you were saying you paint things that are around your studio and stuff like that and it's interesting because when you say like you refer to some of the things as junk and, you know, it makes me chuckle on the inside because I enjoy, you know, doing still life paintings as well. But I don't, I, you know, I don't try to, um, you know, for me, it's I paint things that are visually appealing or interesting to me. And maybe the word junk, uh, I don't know. I, 
it's just funny hearing you say that because it's like um i can i can see it but then i would you know i would dare to challenge you know um the 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 opposite of like some of the things you know like i see you paint um it was like a glass with some peppers in it you know and i just felt like that's even though it's it's extremely simple simple and you're trying to you know advance your color and things like that you you made it masterfully painted and it's extremely elegant you know um well, my, one of my students said that i paint ordinary objects you know it's you know she she's trying not to offend me she's saying how you take ordinary objects and make paintings out of them and i said because that hurts your feelings i said no i said that's exactly what i do I, you know I, I was a set designer for a while growing up and and for the theater and, and so here i have like a little set you know everything like a little set so i have several sets and you know i collect objects of things that have just traveled with me all my life you know i mean things that i've had my whole entire life since mm -hmm. birth um, and, and they're just all up on shelves they're just it's just it's just you know and, but nothing has any like you know um, financial value it's mm -hmm. all um emotional value right. which i hold very highly i mean it's i mean you know i got a beer bottle that i got when i was 12 years old at a google watch sale and i mean when the house catches on fire i take that beer that a beer bottle goes outside with me because <laughs> it's just it's just meant I, I paid 75 cents for it at 12 years old and, and it's still got the label and it was you know it's a quart i mean it's a gallon beer and it's brown glass and it's got still got a label and it's just it's got such a patina to it and, and um it's non-pasteurized and they started pasteurizing like in 39 1939 so i know it was made before then so but I just, you know, it's about, you know, a lot of my is about, I like to learn how to paint the textures and the, the patinas and the, if it's glass and shiny and, mm -hmm. um, and, and then I, and a lot of times I have a little bit of like, a, you know, there's a, usually a back meaning to everything that I have, you know, sometimes it's very obvious, you know, and sometimes it's not obvious, um, so, uh, you know just kind of got my own little, you know, speak. Um, but I really just, I really enjoy the, the high I get when, I, when I'm in that zone of, um, you know, I enjoy blending. Um, some people think it's a bad thing to do, but I, I kind of enjoy it. Um, right now I've been painting a lot of Alla Prima just because, you know, I'm just, it's just something else I want to do. Um, mm -hmm. But I do, you know, I do like to, take my time, I like sable brushes, I like smooth canvas, um, but, you know, but you know, you never know what I'm going to do tomorrow, I mean, that's the, the cool thing about it, um, is having the ability to change my direction if I choose to, mm -hmm. um, maybe not always the best financial decision in life, but half of that, I've been making that wrong decision most of my life, so I'll probably finish it out that way. Okay, one thing that I uh, had wanted to ask you, because um, I noticed that you paint on board, and then sometimes you'll paint on linen also, and I have never really painted on linen, so can you tell me, like, I, I, can you tell me some of the, you know, the differences, um, or, you know, some of the advantages of painting on linen as opposed to painting on board? Well, 
thing about linen, it's kind of like if you've ever worn a cotton shirt and then put on a linen shirt, it feels so much better to put on a linen shirt. Right. You're just, you know, when I was when I wore my you know expensive linen shirt out, I just felt like I look, I looked a lot better. And and the, the canvas is just so much more. There's a softness to it, and you know, and I like it stretched, but um, you know, I've been getting it actually applied it comes applied to a board I, I work with a company called wind river and they have this it's a it's a l600 is the number but it's a it's a linen that is a you know, belgium linen and it's coated in with um an oil primer so that even makes it sweeter you got that oil primer um just has a nice feel and it just takes paint a certain way a little slippery at first, but your second pass is when, you know, it starts working for me. Mm, okay. And then the board, I, yeah, I use an amber sand just because, I mean, I, I've done the, where I've made my own boards, and I did that for many, many years, on and off, back and forth. But, but you know, it's a lot of work, and I found now if I have just tons of them, so I use an amber sand gesso board right now because it has no, it's like painting on an egg. Um the brand is, you know, it's actually Ambersand and it's called Gesso Board. Okay. They make several great products. Um, they're consistent in their their production. And so it's, but it's harder, like the one you were talking about, the glass with the peppers in it. Mm -hmm. You can get a sharper edge, you know, where that linen, everything is a little softer. Like if I'm painting like a stuffed animal doing some crazy thing on, you know, I'll, I'll put something soft on that one. But if I'm painting on that, um, you know, when I want to get glass and things that are a little sharper off the board works so much better for me. So that's really the difference is the, is the finish, you know, because I, I don't have all the valleys of the, the, the weave of the canvas, even though my linen weave is very tight. It's about as tight as you can get. Mm -hmm. It's still got, a, 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 you know, some valleys and some mountains. So until I get up to the top of the mountain with the paint, Know, and then I got that last pass. It takes me about two and a half to three passes to 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 build a painting. Mm. Um, that first pass is just a rough end for me. I've learned to just quit being particular. Don't worry about it. Just get it up there, get something wrong, and then I'll fix it. You know, that's kind of how I think. <laughs> okay, you know, okay. I, I, you know, a lot of people look at my work and they think I draw the perfect drawing, and I feel it. I, I, you know. And I used to, many years I did that way, but then then I just kind of got, you know, from painting all the time, I just kind of started eliminating steps. So instead of five passes, now I, I do it about two. Um, and maybe come back with a glaze on the end to give it some depth. I, mean, I enjoy a nice glaze. Mm. But, but I, you know, so I'm, I'm back and forth. The only reason I don't use the linen, you know, the linen is, you know, it's just pretty expensive. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, but, you know, it actually this comes on a gator board and it stays true and everything, but, you know, you can just set them up in the cabinet and just, you know, but if I have a stack of them, I just, you know, go in there and get one, bring it out. Um, but they sell them, there's a company called Wind River. Okay. Um, I'm a big supporter of, you know, a lot of Jerry's art and drama. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because they, they, they just, you know, they've been using them for so long online, and, you know, I mean, they can get me some art here, I mean, art supplies really quickly, 
Um, they just recently discontinued my brush, so I'm kind of in a little quandary because I finally enjoyed the brushes. They were affordable and for sables, and now they're eliminating it. So, um, mm. look, luckily, I bought a hundred of them. Yeah, I saw you I, stocking up online. <laughs> yeah, I bought out the store on my stuff. Um, all my students went to buy the brushes, and there wasn't any left because I bought them all. No, it was a good deal. It was hundred brushes. I got only paid hundred twenty dollars. Oh, that's yeah. That's a really they good were deal. Moved, they were moving. They were moving the location from one area in Nashville to the other, and it's just timing, you know. Gotcha. Um, our God smiled upon me for all those years of, you know, breaking my heart by discontinuing. Now they're discontinuing. Because about the time you'll find the product that you enjoy the most, mm -hmm. they will quit making it. Mm. I mean, it's just it's just the way the game works. So, so you know, you got and that's one reason I'm using amber sand boards because they're very consistent and um, that company is not going nowhere. Okay. I just don't see it happening. Um, so I just, you know, but it's not for everyone. You know, and my students, um, most of them paint on a mixture of canvases. Um, I'm not a big fan of the stuff you get like Hobby Lobby or mm. even Michaels. Um, because they're, you know, they're just low-end canvas. Um, they do have some better stuff, but, you know, I don't know, the quality is just not the same. Yeah, I, I, no, I definitely agree with you. Um, you know, honestly, Joe, like, I've pretty much been painting wood panels exclusively for, for the last, like, year and a half, maybe. Um, yeah. You know, I just, I'll get, like, Baltic birch, and then... Um, sand yeah. it and uh, or like put some amber shellac on it sand it amber shellac sand it and then um, you know it should it, and then I'll just go ahead and you know paint it up um, just so I can get some color studies down while I'm learning you know until I'm ready to graduate to linen um, yeah. you well, know. I used to do the same thing I used to you know get birch or I use masonite I mean I like masonite on mm -hmm. something that size are you like painting in like a window shading style where you just start and finish an area or are you working all over the canvas or how's that how's that well, happening you know I've, I've done both but now I'm now I'm at that you know I work a whole canvas um I used to you know I've tried 
doing the you know finishing. But now I really enjoy the getting in there while the paint's wet, adjusting it, and it's you know. So that first pass, I just you know I just get it filled, get the tooth, get some paint up there, get close to the drawing, get close to the value, and then the next day when I go back to it or two days maybe all of a sudden I've got something wrong and so it's easy for me to adjust it because there's nothing worse than a, a big old white canvas staring at you. Yeah. You know? Um, what do I do now? Um, but, but once you get into it, I'm really good at starting the paint. Finishing them's a whole lot, a whole other thing. You know? <laughs> um, knowing when you're done. It's always been a, you know, but I, I, I kind of paint, you know, you know, and sometimes I used to do like a value study. Use like raw umber and you know, or do just a toning and then do a wipeout. Sometimes I'll just wipe out the, the lights and use the raw umber for the tone and then kind of just establish my value system mm-hmm. before I'll even put paint on it. But um, but I'll even do that anymore. I'm just you know, I'm just really into this more direct. Even though I'm, I'm I do direct. I do it over two or three different times. So, mm-hmm. but it took me, a, you know, a, literally a lifetime to figure out what's going to get me what I want. And every artist has to go through that journey. There's not a, you know, that's the good thing about meeting artists and meeting, you know, learning a little bit from here and there and stealing you know, an idea. Um, but that was the thing about Dan Green. He, he, he gave me, I mean, he gave me like 60 years. He was like 58 years old at the time I got one. So, you know, he, he, he gave me a, you know, a quick, like a little elevator ride up to the, to the next level, you know, really quickly. And, and, um, and working for him, you know, when we were painting and I was, you know, struggling, I was kind of embarrassed because I'm, I'm better than that, but I'm switching from watercolor. So I stepped up my game, you know, and so by the end of the summer, I was, you know, finally getting something, but. And it's took me all these years now. I mean, and then life just gets in the way of, you know, painting sometimes and can mm-hmm. throw you off track for a little bit. But, but you always get back on that road. Right. Right. So can you talk a little bit about the Art Students League and the time you spent there? Yeah, yeah. Um, now, the league is um, just a beautiful beautiful one of those typical New York um, brownstone looking buildings and things like five stories and now they've actually tore down the building next to it and bought the air rights over that building. I think they were building over the top of it. But it allowed the school to go on forever probably because they made so much money. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I got there, I mean, you know, had to move into the YMCA um, which was about seven blocks, six blocks away, and, and I, you know, coming from Nashville, I was, you know, pretty green to go live in Manhattan, and so I went, so I just went, showed up, and, um, went and told him I wanted to, you know, I signed up for my classes, and, and Mr. Cooper was just the nicest teacher, Mario Cooper, he was the president of the American Watercolor Society at the time, and, and we just, yeah, you know, I just loved him, he was just the coolest Mexican man from, I had this little trimmed up mustache and he wore the ascots and the watercolor jacket. I mean, he was just, he was about five foot six and, or not even that tall. And, 
he was just such a profession, professional artist. So, so I've been very lucky to get to study, start out with him. He was my first real, true professional. Um, and then my teacher, Dan Green, had taught at the Art Students League and gone to school at the Art Students League, studying with Robert Bradman. And so, you know, and all the guys there, you know, it was, you know, David LaFell, Dan Green, um, Ted Seth Jacobs, um, Jacob Lawrence, um, oh, there's just so many, um, just great painters come out of that school. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, and it's, you know, it was very, very, you know, a lot of studio time. So basically the teacher, you know, they weren't even there sometimes. You know, you go and you paint for five days in a studio, and the teacher sometimes came twice a week, you know, to guide you through it. Um, it's one of those things, you know, it, you got you got to paint to learn. You know, we had bigger classes, and I took um, life drawing, and I took art history from, um, you know, which, you know, anatomy. Um, not things that I really wanted to do, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I did get to have, a, you know, an opportunity to study at a very good school. And being from Nashville, it was it was. It was quite a quite a change for me. Um, luckily, I lived by Central Park, so I at least had some woods right next to my house, and I could go over to the woods and hang out in the park, smoke a joint every once in a while, not have to worry about it. Yeah, nice, nice. You and you know, um, well, I actually uh, you, you had given me a few new artists to look into after our last conversation. I looked up. Um, you know Huey, um, yeah, man, those paintings, oh man, yeah, I I I'd never heard of them before, but after seeing those paintings, I was definitely thoroughly impressed. And um, now, did you guys go to the Art Students League together, or how did how did that all come about? No, this was, I was in my, I was like, I was like 20 and 21. I hadn't even met my wife yet. I hadn't seen that painting of her yet. And um, so I was just, you know, living in New York, you know. And then all of a sudden, um, I was about 24 when when I got to um, see her, meet her, and or, or when I started really getting to know her. And so she came up one year and went for the summer and went to the league. Um, so that was a she lived in Long Island and would come over and go to our students league so that was a good experience for her too she studied with David LaFell while she was there which LaFell was like you know he's out in Santa Fe now but mm -hmm. you know, teacher of so many artists I mean just you know um, so many artists but a very you know very um, trying to paint you know, very old school. Um, he was a great teacher. Um, and his teacher, I believe, was Frank Mason. And actually, Frank Mason is part of the reason that show that I was in at the park lot. Frank Mason came one year and judged it. So that's probably the first experience I had with the art students. And I won an award, you know, I won an award and so I kind of paid attention to, you know, since I won an award. Um, so it's just been a, you know, you know, I was very 
lucky to get to go there um, because it, you know, the resume, it's a really good thing. I wasn't very good at the normal going to college type person. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I just couldn't do the other stuff. I just, I just could not keep that, you know, interest enough. That, you know, and I didn't have that discipline in that. I was, you know, there was a lot of girls, though. I did enjoy that about college here, the college, you know. Yeah. But you could still go to college and date girls, so you didn't have to go to college to date the girls in college. So, <laughs> so I, you know, you know so, uh, and at that time, that was really important in life. I mean, that becomes your, you know. Um, so I, and I was, you know, I was, I was a fuck up, you know. I mean, I didn't do everything. I was, I was always given more than I really deserved, you know, to, didn't really appreciate where I was at at the moment. Um, I took a while to, to grow up a little bit and, and really, you know, take it seriously. Um, what would you say was the defining it, moment for you that they hit the switch? Like, hey, I need to, I need to take this seriously. Um. Well, I, you know, I always thought I was kind of taking it seriously, but the reality was I was not. You know, and I kind of screwed up my life and, you know, with some drugs and had a COVID problem when I was in my 20, early 20s and, and just really screwed up my life like, you know, most people do when they do too many, much cocaine. And, and um, so I, once I got off coke, I, I started rebuilding my life and trying to become that person that my mother would expect me to become, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it was a work in progress for quite a while and eventually um, you know getting these opportunities taking more you know and then really when I got with my wife then I had some discipline you know because she had two children she had two sons and they were you know like five and eight mm-hmm. and they didn't need no artist coming in some crazy cocaine artist coming into their life So yeah, so you feel like the kids kind of help you to turn everything around? Well, it gave me a reason. I'd already turned it around, but it gave me a reason to stay there, you know? Gotcha. Because I would turn it around, and then I'd just backslide, you know? So mm-hmm. but the boys became more important than the drugs and alcohol or anything. I mm-hmm. mean, they, you know, my boys never saw me drink maybe two beers in their whole life, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird that I, I just never thought my life would go that way, but I just didn't want them to become addicts like I was, you know? Yeah. So I sure. raised them very straight, no drugs, no alcohol, until they went to college, and then I have a good time, hope you have fun. Right. Um, I never thought I'd be that strict, but, you know, due to my being excessive, you know, and that got in the way of, you know, you know, the art, being an artist is a, a lot about lifestyle, too, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was really good at the lifestyle part, but, you know, managing my life and keeping things on track, um, following through on deals, um, having police be able to count on me, you know, because if a gallery counts on you, it's a, it's a big responsibility. Very stressful. Now, if you could go back and give a few key lessons to the younger version of you, to get your stuff straight, what would be some of the things that you would say? Well, first thing I'd say is never smoke cigarettes. 
that's the stupidest thing I ever did in my life was smoke cigarettes, you know, smoke some herb and don't smoke no cigarettes because there's just no payoff in the cigarette part. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, it's not letting your, you know, your, your wants, know what your wants and your needs are. Because your wants are, you know, they're not changes, but your needs are, you know, if you're an artist, you know, you have this need. It's, it's definitely, a, you know, something that kind of controls you. And you don't matter what kind of art you're in, you know, whether you're music, dancing, singing, whatever, um, it's all the same. It's, it comes from pretty much the same place, just different tools. But I, you know, but it's really easy to have natural talent at 20, but it's really hard to have just get my own talent when you're 50. No. Because eventually you grow up and, and that talent, if you didn't develop it, you're going to be behind the kid, the kid that didn't have as much talent as you. He'll smoke your ass if he has a discipline. Because wow. it's that old turtle versus the hare type thing. And I, I was always a rabbit, you know. Um, I was the hare. But then I learned to hang out with turtles just run circles around them, we all end up in the same place, and my <laughs> wife's a turtle, so I just, I'd run circles around her, and then we, we go the same direction, and then we end up the same place, it's just, I'm more exhausted when I get there than she is. <laughs> so, would you give, because the, the advice that I'm hearing that you would give to a younger you is more like fundamental life stuff, is there any like working practice or art advice that you would give? Draw, drawing. Drawing is number one, um, especially if you want. You know, it really depends on the type of art you want, because, you know, well, even I don't care. I mean, drawing is just such a fundamental skill of training your eye mm -hmm. to understand what you're seeing. Um, I'd say that's probably the, the fundamental uh, art is, you know, drawing. I mean, you'll see that some of the greatest artists in the world were some of the best drawers, you know I mean? Mm -hmm. So I like to... Now, I don't draw much anymore, but I drew all the time. That's all I did, you know, as a child, a teenager, young adult. But then you get into the world of, you know, painting. The paintings bring you more money, and so you just kind of drop off. And I just really enjoy painting. I love the brush. But, but I, you know, because I have students now, and that my students are always asthmatic young students, too, and they... You know, what do I go to college? And it's like, yes, go to college. You know, definitely go to college. Get a college degree. Um, and it don't have to be an art. Just get a, you know, probably business would be the best idea because colleges, you know, you know, if you start out with a nice degree, you know, you can go and study art anywhere. You know, and there's so many great schools to go study art after college, mm -hmm. post college. You know, on a nice atelier somewhere. Um, because you know, there's a lot of discipline in that. Um, but, but nowadays, everything's changed. With like me and you, you know, we're, you know you're recording a conversation we're having, and you know, I'm on another side of the country. And, yeah. and so now, artists used to be out in you know, Bumfuck, Egypt. Nobody could ever find them, and they're just sitting out there, just you know, flailing in the wind, trying to get good ed good education, and there was nothing. And now. I mean, you go like on, you know, YouTube, and you can find a lot of crap. But in between those crafts are is all these diamonds. It's just beautiful. These artists that have shared their their knowledge and um, lots of videos. Um, um, East Oak Studio, 
mm-hmm. they get they really take this video to a whole nother yeah. thing. That's so um, isn't that's video. like Joshua Larock and um, Michael Klein. Michael Klein. I mean, you know, what a killer. I mean, you know, um, so he's now, you know, because he sees that need. You know, he he was taught by, you know, he had multiple great schools. He was very blessed too, and when he got to study. And so now he's passing that on, and that's the thing is you've got to pass it on to the next group. It's a definitely an apprentice type of um, system. Mm-hmm. So he's hooked up with these video guys, and, and they are just doing um incredible content and it's you know like if you want to go to a, his workshop I was gifted once an idea to go to a three day workshop with Michael Klein except I didn't have to leave home it was all online and I mean it was fantastic you know it's like a, you know, it was like 200 bucks and so you didn't have to pay for a hotel you know and I just watched him paint that's all I needed to see and um I set up my head on my 50 inch TV to my Apple TV. I had it on my 27 inch iMac and I had it on my laptop MacBook Pro. Mm. And so I've got, you know, screens everywhere and I just, you know, and then I had the, the, the painting, they sent me an image of the painting that he was painting. And, um, and it was just, um, for $200, it was like going to study with him without all the other, you know, the hassles of traveling and which you know there is something pretty special about going to a workshop mm-hmm. but i mean i didn't have to pay for a hotel no airfare no driving none of that yeah um, comfort of my own home i could smoke my blunt if i wanted to or <laughs> paper you know and, you know eat snack i could pause it if i wanted to you know yeah. um, i could do it naked if i wanted to i mean it didn't matter um and for two hundred dollars, and I, I thought that was so good. Now I do enjoy the experience of the workshop. I do recommend that people still continue workshops, but but I I do know that East Oak is. I mean, they even do their open model. They have an open model with like three people painting, and um, they end up. You just can watch them, and just listening to them talk has been. And it's all free. This this is free content. That's what I've enjoyed. That they have a lot of free content. And it's good to hear, you know, um, painters who are, you know, my senior say these things and it just, it, it's, it's like a refresher course. Um, yeah, definitely. Because I'm, I'm all about, you know, uh, expanding our knowledge and, you know, just getting better as a painter, um, you know, just in, in the whole regard. Cause at this point I feel like I'm still not painting the stuff that I am meant to paint. I'm getting ready, you know, for that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so well, kinda, you'll always kind of feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I still ain't painting what I need to be painting either. So it's, it's, it's kind of that brass ring. You're always chasing it. So that's why you guys keep getting better and better and better. Mm. Cause you can improve till you die. Yeah. You know, I mean, Raymond Kinsler just died. He was 90, in his 90s. Um, and Raymond was still, he was just working two days before he died. Wow. Um, and he, he he never gave up. He was, you know, he was an illustrator, just well, books and everything. Painted more centers, congressmen, presidents than anybody in 
history of the United States. Mm-hmm. And he, um, and he, but he never quit learning. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, you can grow and you can grow and you, you change styles. You can even, you know, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, being such a tight realist, I mean, that's the thing. You get older, your eyes change a little bit, and sometimes you have to adapt, you know. I mean, I used to not wear glasses when I paint. Now i got to have glasses. Wow. Um, but you just keep, you know, because you're still young enough that, you know, cause my students will come to me now and they'll say, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 58 years old, and I'm, it's too late for me to learn to paint. It's like, no, 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 because, I mean, I have students that I've had for 18 years, and, you know, they're incredible painters now. I mean, it's just a, you know, it's, it's kind of what you put into it is what you're going to get out of. And, you know, because that, you know, that hard work ethic will, will pay off in the game. It is a learn. You can learn to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that piece you're doing right now, the blender, um, that's looking strong. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's uh, when Susan popped up, I was like, damn. <laughs> I wish I'd have thought of that painting. <laughs> <laughs> so my blender is not as cool as your blender. That was a really nice style. So mine's, mine's old school. <laughs> well, you know, I've been looking at because it's one of those, like, cake mixer things. You know, you can, like, mix, like, the whatever yeah. you want. And I'd always looked at it. I said, that would be a cool painting. You know, and I, yep. I want to do, I'd want to do more kitchen appliance things because I felt like yeah. the kitchen is an area everybody has intimate um, experiences in, right? Like we all have memories of the kitchen, like whether it be with our mom or our grandma or something like that, you know. Um, so connecting, you connecting um, the appliances, you know, and. I started that one the day after you and I got off the phone because you had, you had inspired me. And I said, okay, let's start something new, you know, and I've just been, have been working at it diligently, um, you know, trying to get it there. But I appreciate, you know, the fact that it stuck out to you. No, it did. It definitely did. It was, um, you know, and, and, you know, you don't have to be a still life painter to paint a still life. I mean, when I went to Dan Green's to become a portrait painter, um, Dan happened to be a, a still life painter also, and in his months, when he, you know, between his um, commissions, he painted still lifes. And so when I would come, you know, when I came home, I didn't have a live model because at Dan's we had a live model, two, two models a day, three hours a day, so we get six hours a day with the model, um, with models. And then, so you didn't have to get in like 35 hours over two weeks with you know, one model. So that, you know, I was spoiled. Mm. that just don't happen in real life you know and mm. if you can get one for three hours you're lucky yeah. um, so when I came back I just kind of gravitated that you know and I'd always painted my junk which I keep calling that um, <laughs> I even had a show once called Jody's Junk so that's kind of why that kind of <laughs> came about um, I even on the you know the Jody Thompson Junk um, dot com or something <laughs> but know but you can you know at your age I mean you you know I mean you only you know you got so much time you know if you hurry it you'll just cheat yourself so you just gotta hunker down give it some time give it some you know 
be easy on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Because that's one of the biggest problems I have with my students is they're, they're so hard on themselves. They, they paint for 15 minutes, and they're just so disappointed in their painting. It's like, well, you've only been painting for 15 minutes. What do you want? I, mean, <laughs> I can't do shit in 15 minutes. I mean, that's a, you know, you've got to, you got to develop it. you got to build it. And, um, and, and I used to have that problem, so I'm not like just, you know, I'm, I'm speaking from experience, and, and so my students that are more, you know, mature and have been doing it a long time, they, they understand it now. Um, but it's fun to have students over a long period because you do get to see them develop. Because um, I kind of set my classes up that once you were in my class, you could stay in my class. Unless you hated me or I hated you. And, and so... Um, so a lot of people have stayed, and so I have these, a lot of these long-term students. And so, you know, I don't even, sometimes even teach them nothing because they just need me to keep them from getting off track. Mm. You know, give them that, plus we give them a place to paint every week. Um, that's real important to have that, you know, place to come and forget about everything else and just come to class. My wife teaches two classes a week on Thursday. She teaches two classes back to back in the day. Now I'm, I'm down to one now. I used to teach three, but I just want to paint now. Um, so now what are you teaching and what is your wife teaching? Well, we, we used still like to teach, but then get people started. And then eventually um, they start bringing projects, you know. Um, now let some students set up their own still lives. Okay. But, um, a lot of people are working from photographs nowadays. Everybody has an iPad, you know, and laptops, and, and they, you know, want to paint pictures of their grandchildren or whatever they want uh -huh. to paint. I don't, I don't tell people what to paint, but I do at the beginning when they first start studying with me. I kind of, kind of a structure, and I do teach a beginner workshop that's for beginners, that for people that haven't painted in 10, 20 years, and they want to get back. And it's a very fundamental, basic red, yellow, blue, you know, let's learn how to get into painting. And because um, I, I like starting them out, the new ones, because that way you give them a good start, they'll might stay, have a nice little successful painting, and, and they're, they'll get hooked. Because mm. um, if they have a bad experience, they may not paint another for another 10 years. Because there is an emotional thing that's attached to this art thing. We have a lot of insecurities with our you know, work sometimes. And, um, so if I'm actually skilled at anything, is getting people to get back to paint or to get started from scratch. I mean, that's kind of my one of my skills. Teaching the experienced people is kind of hard because they kind of already know what they're doing. And, you know, so... Yeah. But you're, you're in a good spot right now. I mean, you, know, you got you know, your son's young, and you know, so you can see paint all your life. Um, you know, that that's always good for a kid to see his dad. You know, following their dream. Yeah, definitely. And it's good to hear someone who's gone down the road to tell you know to to kind of hear hear all these things from from you. I can definitely, you know, it's it's motivating. And a lot of the things that you're saying, I'm definitely, I'm taking to heart because I feel, you know, personally like, okay, yeah, I relate to that. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, definitely. 
So, okay, um, how did, now, can you talk about how, how you came into being represented by a gallery? How did that all happen? Well, I've been represented by, you know, different galleries at different times, and, uh, you know, your style changes and your gallery changes, you know, um, you know, and how you perceive the art world, and, you know, because um, I, I look at these magazines that I used to look at, you know, when I was growing up, you know, what happened to all those artists, you know, where did they go? They were top-notch artists, but art styles change, and, you know. So you kind of got to build a collector base, and um, and then we, at our school, we also owned a gallery for many years, and um, and so we kind of my wife and we kind of represented, you know, us and some other artists, um, which is not the best route to go because it kind of just takes away your painting time. So I learned that maybe that wasn't a good idea, but. Um, Yeah, you know, it's that is something that it's like we keep kind keep coming back to. It's like just focus on you know making great paintings, and then everything else is kind of you know a byproduct of that. Yeah, well, the gallery I'm with now is Gary Haynes Gallery in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, it's in Franklin now, and um, and I've known Gary through the years through our art school. We had a lot of workshops, and we hosted workshops from Michael Shane Neal, portrait painter, and he, um, Gary kind of handed some of those. We got to know Gary, and then Gary's a, just an incredible art collector, has just incredible art collection, you know. He owns, mm -hmm. you know, Andrew Watt, N.C. Watt, um, Jamie Watt, um, and he owns so many great works, and, wow. and so, um, you know, so he came over and viewed my work and put it, you know, put me in the gallery. So I've been with him for about six years, I think, now. Okay. Um, and then now with the internet, it's changed a lot of people how they're, how they're painting. Um, you know, there's so many what routes to go anymore, where there used to not be. There used to be, you know. But a gallery is a, the one good thing about a gallery is when, when things are good, you can usually sell artwork on your own. But when things are bad, you know, you're pretty much, your gallery is your ace in the hole. Mm. Keep that money coming in, that mailbox money. <laughs> that check shows up in the mailbox. <laughs> you get, you get that, you know, now, he kept 50% of that, but, but he, he, he earned it, you know. Yeah. So you just got to get your price point up high enough that you can give away half of the money for someone that's out there working as your agent. It's pretty much the, the goal on that. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, there's lots of galleries. There's lots of galleries. They're always opening and they're always closing. Um, there's some wonderful galleries all over the country. Um, you've got Arcadia out there in California now, which has always been just a killer gallery. Mm -hmm. They were in New York for years and years and years. Um, so, and then Jeremy Lipkin. 
Yeah, no, they like they had like a five and under show or something, and it was like twenty five works for five th- under five thousand dollars. I'm looking at the quality of like the art there, and I'm like, dude, I got a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel the same way when I look at him, man. So don't feel bad because I mean the people that he's bringing into this five under five are just incredible painters. I mean, they're they're top of their game. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's it's it'll make a grown man cry, you know. Um, I mean, it's just hard to beat them. I mean, it's so exciting to see the work that these people, you know. Um, I just wish I had more money to spend on buying a, some of them. <laughs> Yeah, add yeah. one of those to the collection. So, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's kind of something I'd like to talk to you about because it's like you've been, you're a painter. Do you collect art or how do you feel about that? Well, I've collected, you know, little pieces here and there all through my life. And then, um, and then we owned the gallery. We, you know, we were able to buy it half off, so we did buy a lot more than we normally did. And, okay. um, and so, um, then, um, you know, but then, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, trade out art with someone else. Um, that's always nice to, mm. um, you know, it's always nice when another artist buys your painting. That's, that's always the biggest thrill for me is when an artist will buy your painting. And, you know, I mean, I was at a show at Haynes Gallery and, um, a gentleman bought my painting. That's just, you know, fabulous artist very well known and and you know i couldn't believe that he, he's buying my painting you know it's mm-hmm. like damn <laughs> um, I, I can't afford his painting <laughs> but he, can, he, can, he can afford mine and um you know his name is david wright he's done um he's been the illustrator for many years and he's just you know paints these just incredible history paintings and mm. and um to have him buy them to check him out. Yeah, I just did a portrait of his puppy dog the other day. Okay. Um, now, which you've been doing quite a few puppy portraits. Which one? Which one was this? It was a little white kind of a, um, like a, uh, what do you call them? Like a golden retriever. Okay. White, lighter colored one. Yeah. Okay. 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 I just, I just got a message from him this morning that he said he wanted to buy it. You know, and I was like, I mean, I didn't realize I didn't pay it for him to buy it. I paid it to get it. So I got a texting back saying, you know, that's a gift. When I had the last show I had, he actually bought two paintings out of it, which was another just, you know, there's Stuart Dunkel buying my painting. That was just too weird. That's one thing Instagram does. It allows us to meet. I'm not a Facebook person, uh, but I like Instagram because it's, you know, simple and neat, not very political, just, you know, people showing their craft. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can get to build a friendship, but it's like I'm getting to know you. Um, yeah. 
kind of uh that i i think a practice that i will adopt though after you know us talking is setting up multiple um still lifes and then working on paintings um you know in tandem instead of just pouring everything into one painting and then you yeah. know yeah because i mean you literally you know because if your painting sucks that day you're probably going to feel like life sucks Mm-hmm. But if your painting's going really good, you know, so if you move from one painting to the other, and sometimes I move from painting to the other and it still sucks. But some days you're just on. It's just mm-hmm. things are just not going to work for you. So sometimes it's best maybe just take a walk, you know. Um, but multiples, you know, and, you know, that's always nice to have an easel that's on wheels, you know, um, and have little stations and have a couple different lights and, you know, that way, and plus sometimes it's a drying issue, you know, sometimes I'm waiting for the paint, I use some red paint and stuff, and I gotta wait longer, yeah. um, I'm, I'm kind of a neutral painter, I mean, like that painting you were talking about with the peppers, I mean, that was like colorful for me, I mean, that was like, I really had to push the colors, and had to, you know, use a lot of, you know, two colors to get those colors, because I don't have that mixing ability, you know, I had to, to get that pal, you know, that chroma gets mm-hmm. lost in mine, but um, it's fun to put a little color in there every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, but there's definitely a way that you're able to create, you know, um, dramatic effects and things like that. Um, even with the the palettes um, that you're that you're choosing, so that's something. Um, you know, I'm always what you call. I'm always. Um, I'm always, you know, fascinated by just, you know, I mean, like the way, like, you know, you, there's a painting where you did, it was bread and wine and you had, um, you had like your color, you had your colors on your palette set up next to it. And I was so impressed by how mechanical and clean, you know, that palette was, um, and just, I said, okay, this is something that you can learn, like. Um, and then also, you know, I mean, like just looking at the different paintings, you have like that, the, the jar of the smuckers, uh, jam, that was really impressive to me and how you captured that. And, um, you know, cause a lot of times, um, there's just, there's a lot of, uh, the, the sauce, man. And, you know, I'm always looking at the sauce, you know, you had a painting called the past that I really liked, uh, you know, the one where you put the cow skull up. Yeah. Um, but like you said, a lot of those, like those palettes, you know, are, are, you know, they're a little bit more muted, but then, you know, when you did like the jam, 
that was a really nice one. There was one that was like a parfait or something. Yeah. Yeah, that was really. something that I've been hearing like you know a collector lost their whole art collection because someone left some linseed oil soaked rags or something like something like yeah. that
and it just burst into spontaneous combustion. And, you know, now if you did use a rag, if you took it and actually um, probably strung it out and let it lay flat uh-huh. on a non-burning surface, you'd be fine. But, you know, and in my studio, I have a red trash can that has the, you know, it's a fire. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the artistic ones. Yeah, for the, yeah. Uh-huh. was washing them for me, I would probably use 20 a day. 
but since I have to wash them myself, and now that I stay up so late, I'm kind of tired. don't want to wash them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, taking care of your materials is probably one of the most important things. There's no see reason to keep having to buy new brushes because you left them, you let them get hard. Um, that's just that's just being undisciplined. Um, and sticking your brush into a tube, I mean, a can of turpentine or mineral spirits, that's not a good idea. I mean, you take the time, clean your brush, at least, at least get the, you know, mineral spirits and brushes out until it's, you know, got rid of that bulk of that paint. Um, like acrylic paint, I can't even imagine, you know, because, I mean, it, it just dries so fast. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, well, oil paint, it doesn't, you know, it's got days. Yeah. Um, you know, I use Murphy's oil soap to get paint out of my clothes. Mm-hmm. So that's product that we're made for artists. Um, you just you take your pair of jeans, you got paint on them, just put Murphy's oil, scrub it a little bit, throw it in the washer, bam, it's gone. Yeah. Um, um, I'm a big, big proponent of, of Murphy's oil soap. Um, acrylic paint gets on your clothes, dries, you're pretty screwed. House paint, same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, a little different, huh? Yep, that's you know I actually use that uh, the clean brushes when they get super like you can actually use Mur- Murphy's oil soap to clean your brushes too. It was like a DJ mixing, um, <laughs> mixing the record. <laughs> oh man, Jody, this is this episode has definitely been um, this. It's like a painting, you know. We've been challenged to make it. Yeah, and I don't know why, that, you know. But I mean, we, that's the one thing I like about the computer and those different ways you can work around the problems. Um, we have to because this technology really complicates things too. Mm-hmm. But also, when it's working, it's just nothing better. I mean, it's like you know, I mean, Leonardo da Vinci, he would have built a helicopter if he had a computer. You know, I mean, I mean, the technology is just you know, anybody that doesn't use it is just cheating themselves out of um, a really great ride. You know, mm-hmm. um, my father, he never grew with time and didn't keep up with. Well, me, I, I just didn't want to get left behind, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I can, you know, I just enjoy that, you know. Why? Well, the rules at my, you know, feet, right? You always hear that. The rules at my feet, literally, is at my knees. I mean, I can, you know, just like I know you now, and, you know, I mean, if a 
wasn't this technology. I mean, used to, I used to have to pay money to call somebody that was 40 miles away. Yep, long distance. Long distance. <laughs> yeah. And I fell asleep one time when I was 16, and my girlfriend and me sit on the phone all night long because we fell asleep, and it cost my, hundred, my parents $150. Wow. You no. Know? I mean, they weren't too happy either, and that was a lot of money when I was 16. But it's like, you know, 12 hours of long-distance phone call. Yeah. Um, that is absolutely nuts. I remember my mom used to complain about that. Yeah. And then that's the thing of a past now, cell phones. You know, cell phone towers and, and all that great stuff. So, now, well, Joe... I'm glad it's gone. Mm-hmm. So... I know you were telling me that you like to, sometimes you put on Netflix while you're painting. What are some of the things that yep. you uh, like to put on? Like, what are some of your favorite things in the background to have on while you're painting? Any well, shows that Netflix, you... Netflix, mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm really all over the place, you know, from documentaries to horror movies. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm, I'm really kind of listening to it. And, uh, and so yesterday I listened to Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, and it was like a, probably eight episodes, and so I watched the whole thing throughout the day, for 12 hours, you know, so I don't know if I'll be a Unabomber next week, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's because it's all going in my head, but, you know, um, you know, I went through it, you know, because it's not even, a, you know, it doesn't have to be good sometimes, it just has to be something that interests me and keeps my attention. Mm, okay. I never thought I would watch I thought I'd never watch Bates Motel, um, and it was a great series. I was shocked. It was totally not what I thought it was, um, okay. you know, because I grew up with that movie, and mm-hmm. you know, it turned out to be um, quite an interesting little thing. And it was, you know, but I, I, you know, for a week and a half, that's all I did is, you know. So sometimes that I get, you know, kind of zoned in on something, and, mm-hmm. you know, because if I get in that groove, man, I can just paint. Paint, paint, paint. And music don't. Music's great when I'm starting paintings, uh-huh. you know. Um, but they, it just loses my. There's too much of a beat to it. You know, it makes me. Like, you know, I like to dance, so music makes me want to dance and move and stuff. Well, you know, I don't really need that when I'm painting a finished painting. You know, mm-hmm. um, I need something that's just kind of background noise. Um, and so I, I really have no requirements. I mean, I just, you know. I'll, I'll just, you know, I guess I'm ingesting a lot of crap, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's making me sit still, and that's always been the issue is, you know, how do I occupy my mind for 12 hours a day while I'm painting? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of that box all that noise. Because um, in my studio, I work from artificial light, and I, I, so I actually have the windows blocked out, you know, and work with light bulbs, and um, so I'm like, you know, I'm oblivious to whether it's light or dark outside, um, and so I'm, I'm a little off track, you know, I mean, sometimes I don't know what day of the week is, so, but not in a crazy way, but in a good way, you know, that zoned in, that, you know, it just don't really matter, because my wife will let me know when it's time for me to have to do something important. <laughs> um, she's much more, she's much more disciplined. She listens to books on tape, that's her thing. Nice, okay. She's on. Yeah, she, she's into the books on tape, and so that's her thing, you know. And her studio is at our school at the factory of, of Franklin, 
the old stove factory when we had our, stu- our school. Mm-hmm. So she has a North Hollywood studio down there. And so, um, so it's, you know, cause we, we can work in the same house, but it works a lot better because she's, she's just more disciplined than me. And, you know, I don't need somebody to look over my shoulder. At me. <laughs> um, you know, if I happen to take that, you know, you know, want to wake and bake and take a nap later. <laughs> you know, I didn't, you know, mommy's not, you know, going to get on to me, you know. And, and she's really good about letting me, she understands my process and she allows me to be who I am. She's much more disciplined. She's nine to five and she's, um, she's business and, and I'm just, um, I'm a dysfunctional artist just having fun. I'm all I ever wanted yeah. All I've always do is, you know, you know, sometimes it, you know, you make money and sometimes you don't make as much money and, you know, I got to do a lot of things to get to be an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I work a lot of different kinds of jobs, you know, but now, you know, I just, you know, fix and move that and just, you know, paint, sell paint and just, you know, just lucky that I get to do it. So what type of music are you into? Who are some of your favorite musicians and bands? Um, like if I had only listened to one music the rest of my life, it would probably be blues. Um, I'm a big fan of the blues. I just been since I was a teenager. Um, Nashville had a little blues scene back when I was growing up, and um, in an area, and I just kind of got turned on to it and. I've been falling, you know, just love Muddy Waters and those mm-hmm. guys when I was mm-hmm. young. You know, B.B. King, um, his nephew was my guitar teacher for one set, for one um, year. Whoa. And I'm just always a big fan of B.B. King's and, and then, um, then I just expanded on uh, uh, Roy Buchanan. And my children, you know, they, they came up a different time. But I also grew up with a lot with Southern Rock. At the time, would have been like Almond Brothers, Leonard Skinner, mm-hmm. you know, anything that played like Les Paul. Um, then my kids, they grew up with a little bit of grunge and rap. You know, rap just wasn't, you know, um, but I can't pay one like with rap because there's the beat. You know, I just can't can't sit still. You know, I can't I can't do a beat and paint at the same time. Yeah, I get you. I can. I can I can start a painting, though, really well, like a big one, like that big 40 by 60 that I paint. When I was roughing it in, man, I needed music. I mean, it's what got me through was, you know, because I'm working that 40 by 60 whole canvas in one day. I, I spent about 18 hours that first day on it. Mm. Um, so I, I needed something to keep me going. But normally it's just um, something that's kind of, you know, and I, I like this lady named B.G. Spivadere, who's just a, a jazz pianist. She just, she just, boy, she could just, just the most easiest listening music. Um, just something that just, you know, soothes the beast in me. Mm-hmm. I mean, growing up, you know, I was always wanting to do this and do this and do this and this. You know, when you get older, life slows down and things change and you kind of get a hold of things. And now it's, you know, so much easier on my, you know, my, my gut, you know, I mean, I'm not, 
don't feel like I'm missing anything anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I can stay here and just put in the time. Because that used to be hard, as you know, because you know, I want to be in the clubs. <laughs> I want that beat, you know. I grew up I grew up in disco era, man. <laughs> I had a great time, man. <laughs> um, I grew up when Michael Jackson was the hardest thing in the music, you know, business. And, um, had that beat, you know. Mm-hmm. I grew, up, I grew up dancing with my mom. My mom was a big dancer, so I learned Jitterbug when I was a little boy and Shag and stuff like that. So we we could dance to anything. Earlier I said she was my wingman, and she was. We'd go out to nightclubs together. We'd go out early, and we'd go to Spooky's club, and she would we'd dance and from about five to seven, and then you know, everybody started getting there. We liked it when there was, wasn't nobody on the dance floor. much influence that you know adults have on children and yeah and then that's that's yeah, like your, your son your son's watching you just remember that <laughs> <laughs> you know he is watching you he, everything you say everything you you know feel and do he, he's picking up on that so you know if he screws up you're the blame that's just the way the game works you know? <laughs> okay all right point so, taken <laughs> oh man. You There's nothing more important than a child, you know. The most, the most important artwork you'll ever do, the most best creation you'll make is your child. It won't be a painting or, you know, any kind of art. It'll be your child. Uh-huh. That, that, that'll be your, that's your best work of art you'll ever create. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. They're, um, you know, they definitely are. Uh, you know, it's funny because with, <laughs> with, um, with kids, I had a discussion with a, um, with another artist, and I would like to get your, um, viewpoint on this because you've kind of went through the rodeo, okay? So do you feel like being, do you feel like raising children has any similarities to artwork or do you feel like they're a completely, you feel like they're completely different? Because like you said, you know, he's watching if, if there is something that happens, like, you know, it, like you're responsible for that. Do you, and then I kind of, the way I look at it is like our, our artwork is, is sort of the same in um in that regard like we're responsible for our artwork right but so do you feel like 
um, you know, like cultivating a positive environment for a child and, and raising them and things like that. Do you feel like that has, or is it similar in any way uh, to creating art, or do you feel like that's completely different altogether? No, it's, it's the same because you're, you're basically. You know, if you don't put nothing into your art, you don't get nothing out of your art, you know. But if you put in a lot, you'll get something. So if you put some time in your child, I mean, he will, you know, it will be, you know, he, now he may go off in a direction just like your art sometimes. You just don't go what you want it to, but, it, you know, but you, you know, it's, it's the same cultivating. I mean, that's a good word for it is, um, you know, and... The good thing about your know, child growing up seeing you be a creative person, it, it allows them to grow more. Because there's nothing better than having a creative parent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're, they're usually a lot more fun. I hate to say that to all those you know, suits out there, but, um, you know, we're just different. You mm-hmm. know? And both my kids, all, all the kids, you know, my stepsons, their, their creativity is, is, you know, even though they're neither one of them is, you know, they're, well, they're they write computer code, but that's their art now. You know, mm-hmm. that's their art. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my one son, he's a abstract woods carver, but he, you know, he don't have the passion as much. Um, but he's got the talent. It's just, you know, it's he's still hadn't figured out. You got to put the time in, and you know, and you, you know, having to work and you raise kids that gets in the way. But but your, you know, your paintings and your kids, you know, because you're. You know, a lot of times people consider their paintings their kids. You know, they talk about it in that term, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're, you know, people say, well, how do you get rid of your paintings? I mean, you know, don't you love I said, well, you know, I, I paint paintings to get rid of them. I, I enjoy them while I got them, and then I like them but after I finish them. I think I'm really good, and then all of a sudden I live with them for about two weeks, and I realize, eh, I wasn't as good as I thought I was, and, and, then, I, and then I needed to move on before I can paint something else and keep keep it kind of keep that feeding that monster and because um, you know you keep growing you know you grow so fast and you know you're always reaching for that brass ring I mean I mean some days I think I'm really good and then other days I just really want to quit you know I mean it, it just at this point I thought that would end but it's not going to it's just it's what makes you drive um, you know and, and you know you seem to be very active in community and that's really important for the arts because you saw how like I was talking how being a part of an art group, it, it gave me every opportunity that I got. You know, mm-hmm. it, it sent me on all these directions, these other people, and you know, um, that had dreams just like I did. Um, a lot of them didn't get to follow their dreams, but I got to follow, and it meant a lot of them because they helped me. And so that's been my role is trying to keep passing this on and passing it on. And, um, you sound like you know, that's why I enjoyed about you know you and your Instagram. Your, you're enthusiastic about art, you know, and it's like, you know, I don't find that a lot. It's hard to, you know, the longer you're in, it's hard to be that enthusiastic. But, you know, you get excited, you know, it kind of makes, made me excited, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, a, that's an energy. I mean, you can't, you can't market that shit, you know. I mean, you can't <laughs> tell it, you know. Um, but, but, you know, and that's what you got to put into your work. I mean, that, that you know. Um, mm-hmm. The same energy. Uh, you know, yeah. And that community is great because you look how many people you've already met that's given you some other little piece to the puzzle. Because that's what it is. It's just one big puzzle. And you just start collecting pieces from everybody and then eventually, you know, you'll get all the pieces and then you get another puzzle and you start all over again. It's, it's, sure. a, 
constant puzzle problem. And your style could change 100%. You could become an abstract artist tomorrow. Um, one of my students has become a um, become an abstract expressionist um, recently. And I mean, it's been just great watching him change, you know. I mean, um, he had more balls than I do because I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm too comfortable in my zone and I'm afraid of, you know, failing, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm so... You know, and I've worked a long time to get where I'm at, and I'm, I'm, you know, it does satisfy me. But I do have that other guy in me, and I, I did experiment different ways all through the years, but, you know, I just keep coming back to that representational, kind of traditional realism, just because when I was a little boy, my uncle, you know, the one that bought my first painting, he, he called me Rembrandt as a child, you know. So I was Rembrandt my whole life. It was my nickname from my uncle, and, and so... Rembrandt was always, you know, somebody I liked his work. And so mm-hmm. I always, and most of my work I was exposed to was out of books. Mm-hmm. And so I traditionally went for all the traditional famous artists. And I'm just glad Rembrandt was one of them because the Dutch painters, some of my favorite painters, was the Dutch. Yeah. Um, just a, you know, um, I love all kinds, but, um, but for me, you know, what I want is I like that, you know, that Dutch meal. Um, and I don't always achieve it, and I don't want to be that. That stuff looks cool, though. Those Dutch paintings where it's like the, it'll be like a basket of lemons, and one will be like spiral, like peeled or something like that. Or that's some really cool still lifes. Well, you know, and one thing I like about still lifes is I don't need anybody else, you know. Mm-hmm. Like with portraiture, I need another person where, you know, um, like lately I've been painting puppy paint, puppy portraits. So like, mm-hmm. I never, if you told me I'd be painting puppy portraits at this point, I would think you're crazy. But what it allows me to do is it allows me to step outside my normal and, and, and expand my, 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 you know, abilities. Because, um, you know, I practice a lot on just objects and like a a piece of fruit, you know, I painted, you know, I painted like 18 plums this month trying to understand a plum, and, and so now I'm into figuring out how to make a puppy look cute, and they got that softness, and they got that hair, and they got the, mm-hmm. you know, that wet nose sometimes, and, and so it's just another, another, um, you know, texture that I'm trying to figure out, and um, it's kind of fun to, you know, and I've been able to surprise a lot of people I know with Yeah, now, do you do a solo show once a year? Or a group no, show, or I how just, does that work? Yeah, I, I like group shows. Um, I just think, you know, I'd rather be in a multiple group shows just because it takes that pressure off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have a, I do have in my school now, I do have like a year-long, a year sale um, for, to help fundraise for my school. Uh-huh. Um, you know, because somebody has to pay for the school, you know. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been very costly to teach all these people to pay. Um, yeah. But but it's been worth it. I mean, it's you know, I mean, it's amazing how many people we've taught in eighteen years. Mm. I 
we 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 opened it up, and 9/11 happened like like a week after we opened up ours. Well, 9/11 happened. Wow. And it was like, oh god. Um, but it actually worked out to an advantage because most people were it kind of scared everybody, and they thought, well, you know, what happens if everything changes? You know, so I'm not going to put off what I've wanted to do. And so I started getting students. I mean, I used to have a waiting list of 50 people. Um. So, you know, it just really helped me build my school. Hmm. But now I'm, you know, now I'm, you know, you know I, I want to spend more time, you know, because, you know, you put in your time, and that's the thing. You know, one time I was a student um, for a long time, and then I was a painter, and then I started sharing what I learned, and then I've been a teacher for quite a long time now, and, and it kind of gets in the way of sometimes you're painting, and then, now it's my time to go back to being a painter again, mm-hmm. and um, so it's it's never you never get like this you know locked in way of things and not gonna lock in you know you get good habits and stuff but you gotta um, you gotta be willing to go with the flow to some degree. Yeah, man, this is yeah, huh? This is definitely like the transition, you know. I'm just saying, it's like from the the caterpillar to the cocoon to the butterfly, you yeah. know. It's yeah. yeah, it's like a never ending journey. No, it's, you know, it happens, and you, you know, you get to the end of the journey pretty quickly, and you just don't realize you're really on that journey that much until you get here. Because um, now, if I had to go back, I no, the only thing I would do different was not smoke cigarettes, um, and I would um, paint a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. I'd paint a whole lot more. Um, that, that's, that's the only way I found the trick to paint is to learn how to paint, is to paint, paint, paint. Nothing, nothing else beats it. Um, nothing beats experience. No, it doesn't. It's, it's not. Everybody's 
For sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It is now, though. You're, you're very lucky that, you know, you're paying now. I mean, because, you know, if you were back there in, you know, 1800s, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be paying. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just the way it was. For sure, it's yeah. It's so cool that now you can, you can do whatever the hell you want. Ain't nobody, you know, people, you know, the majority of people, they, they just they either like the artwork or they don't, you mm-hmm. know? You know, I was looking at a lot of his paintings, and yeah, they, he he was doing like you know like cityscapes and like like the environments that he would do would be like two figures, and there was one that was like a broken down kind of playground, you know, and it just it yeah. would yeah they were very touching. Kind of surreal too, had a very surreal feel, and um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm the first time I ever saw one, you know, I actually wanted to buy one, but you know, I couldn't get in his class; it was full at the time, you know. Wow. 
know, so I, I'm a big fan of his. And, um, and I, I want to see his, you know, legacy continue on through, you know, new artists, you know, yeah. get exposed to him. That's why I always promote him when I can, because um, I need to see people just, you know, disappear. And you know what, and that's that's what it takes, though, because it's like just within our conversation, it's like, OK, you tell me and then now it, it, it just blossoms, you know, like who knows who else will find out just from from this particular, you know, relationship. Yeah, that's it's a beautiful thing. And that's but that's all we have to work hard, you know, to create that beauty to so it resonates. Um Oh man, yeah. You gotta get, you gotta get past your ego. That's one thing I found. You can have a, a good, healthy ego, but you know, when you get that ego and you, you know, start believing what people are telling you, you know, because I mean, like Instagram, when people tell you how great your thing is, it feels great, but then it's really uncomfortable at the same time. You know, mm. um, you know what do you say? You know, yes, thank you, I am wonderful. But you know, you know. My wife, you know, she'll, she'll, she's the only person I can be that arrogant human being with, you know. So, <laughs> I don't know how you do that, and I always say, just talent. <laughs> and I can stay that with her, you know, because she's, you know, let me. But, mm-hmm. but it's fun to have that, you know, camaraderie with her. I mean, we, we um, you know, I get what she needs to do, and she gets what I need to do. And it seems like you both allow each other the appropriate amount of space to be productive artists. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, and she, she's even more than me. I mean, she, she, she's, um, she's, especially this last year, especially, she's really stepped up, and, you know, and she's always bore more of the brunt of our business than I have, um, She's just so good at it, you know, and I'm just such a dysfunctional guy that, you know, the emails get returned and they get, you know, calls get returned and the registration for the classes is, is a, people have no idea how much, how, how much work that is, mm-hmm. um, but she's, she's a pro at it. So it's, you know, and hopefully, you know, in the next year or so, she'll get more time and we can scale back even a little bit more on, um, you definitely need to go to her regular website on pattompsonart.com and see her what she really does with the children's portraits and takes them to the highest level. She's quite affordable. That's what's in where I mean, mm. you know, a lot of times prices have to do with where you live. Mm. You know, your market. Uh-huh. You know, you know, I have a friend that lives in Oklahoma in a little small town. And it's like, man, people do not pay a lot of money to the art in that town. And it's just killing them, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, Nashville's not too bad, I didn't know, but, you know, it's, you, know, you got to love what you're doing, or you're just going to be really disappointed at the end of the game if you didn't have fun and enjoy it, because you know, there's you know, not going to be a lot of accolades and people patting you on the back that often, you know? I mean, I think my students is pretty much the, you know, kind of the Biggest joy that I get is watching them grow and then just having the friendship that I've, you know, developed with all these different people. Mm. Um, it's pretty special. Yeah. It's special. Just like my teachers did for me, and I learned from every one of them. Um, mm. 
I also studied with a guy in France called Ted Seth Jacobs, who was just most, he just passed away a couple months, a few months ago in his 90s, and he was, you know, a master realist, an incredible teacher, and just a Zen master, you know what I mean? He's a just incredible guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he, he lived the life more than any artist I ever met. Um, he really truly lived it. It wasn't about money, it wasn't about fame. It was about the journey. I mean, it was the coolest dude in town. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's about the journey. I've met so many through my journey that it's, you know, there's just so many great artists now. I mean, they're, I mean, I can go a walk and hit a good artist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely have to give a, uh give it a look and see you know i'm gonna have to because i I've, I've you know heard of east oaks i'm familiar with them i just haven't went i know like when they first launched it because i remember they did like a kickstarter or something and then they launched yep. it and then i kind of got in my own like life you know learning art you know like with the community that was around me sort of thing so i kind of you know, scaled back, but I would like to revisit that because I know um, I really like Josh Josh LaRock's stuff and Michael Klein. He's a he's a beast as far as painting. Oh, yeah, Michael Klein. I mean, he's just got this this thing. I mean, I mean, he's a, one of the most beautiful Florida painters. I mean, he's just got this thing That's what, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
know, you change, you know, just like when you, you know, you figure something out, you'll get bored, you'll want to do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Klein was painting horses for a while when he moved to North Carolina because there's these wild horses, so he started painting whatever's around him. Um, so that's kind of your influence by your surroundings a lot of times. Yeah, there's definitely, there's some, it's an interesting tribe. You know, there's a bunch of different, um, there's like a bunch of different, it's like, you, it's, it's interesting because like there's, there's like a bunch of subsets or like subcultures in this art community, but like, there's like uh the what you want to call it? the the people who do what we do like the painting from life the oil painting those are slim pickings like yeah. very very slim pickings um so it's like that's one thing but you know i am blessed with having great people who do or like nigel norbert so like those are great painters so yeah. the ones who i do have access to you know they definitely can give me some uh some good critiques and stuff like that. Well, Nigel knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. And he spells really beautiful frames too. Yeah. Shout out to the Vatican Custom Framery. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean if people don't follow them, I mean they're they're so good. I mean Vatican Frame. Yep, it is. Yeah, I see this. Like that guy works so hard making. It's like he, as hard as artists work painting, he he spends that much time making frames. So it's definitely. Oh, yeah. I think he takes longer. I mean, he takes him forever. I mean, he's, he's really spending that time on these handmade frames. I mean, yeah. Um, it's not just you know because he gets some nice frames. I mean, China will send you some really nice finished corner frames for a very reasonable price. Mexico will. But what he's giving you is, it's different. It's mm-hmm. art. You know? Yeah, it's that. So he's putting art on your art. Yeah. So it, it sings. It goes, <laughs> <laughs> You know? Yeah. You know, I wish, I, I wish we lived in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, you know, I we definitely, yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing what type of strings we can pull and stuff like that and connect some dots and because it's all we're all community and stuff like that so yeah um <laughs> there's that so you know now i, I kind of wanted to talk to you about um you know like i noticed there was you know you had a few pictures and one was like a wall you did it was three by three um inch panels and you did like a bunch of them Right now, was that for the Jody's Junk show, or was that a different show, or what was that event for? That was in my, that was in my, um, in Haynes Gallery. That was a show with Haynes, and, and he, and I just, you know, I, I got, my mother was in the process of uh, dying from emphysema, and, and so I would go over to her house and sit with her, and I'd take my paints with me, and so it was kind of easier for me to paint the little ones over there, and, um, 
so a lot of those paintings I painted while my mother was, you know, basically dying. And wow. So they, um, that three by three is such a, and I'm doing square, so, you know, trying to make a good composition square every time is kind of hard. And, and, you know, plus I'm painting, you know, three by threes, realism, and trying to be as real as I do in my bigger paintings. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, it's weird as people, you know, they're little, so people don't want to pay as much money oh man that that's why i wanted to bring it up because i you know i painted a few six by sixes and i was like wow this this is definitely like you're packing a lot of information in these so and then seeing yours i'm like wait hold on three by three whoa you know so yeah well, you really quick because we're we're hitting like that where we, we broke two hours you know I'm curious because you're in Tennessee um they have like talk about the because I know um Nashville hot chicken right <laughs> right so yeah, I, don't, I don't know where the hell that came from um, when I was little hot chicken wasn't a big deal there, there was a hot chicken place up there up in East Nashville that's where it all kind of started, was this lady had hot chicken, and it was hot, and um, I can't eat hot chicken, so. Okay. But that's, you know, now it's like the huge thing. People come from all over for the hot chicken. And, mm-hmm. um, but we're, we're very eclectic now. I mean, everybody's coming from everywhere. I mean, the Nissan headquarters moved out to my town 
you know, we're out here in Franklin, Tennessee. Wow. Going all those people from California. And it's, you know, got this big, huge building. And, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, really, you know, it's just growing like my property. I mean, when I bought it, it was just a little farm out in the country. Now, I mean, I, you know, it's the only thing I ever did financially that was a really good decision to mm. buy a piece of land. Super important. famous for that. Houston Titans because as a kid I was a huge Warren Moon fan. I loved Warren Moon. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was like, okay, now the now we we're moving the team and then it's going to Tennessee. Yeah. Abstract when I'm when I'm in you know, my gaze or I'm very conservative traditional uh-huh. painter. Um, 
Definitely. Really old, so, you know. Yeah, and it shows. You know, you put a lot, lot, a lot into your paintings. Um, so we're gonna uh, wrap the episode up. Um, Jody, we appreciate you coming out and you know, uh, spending your day recording and and also working so diligent with me to get you know this episode uh you know actually done i appreciate that do you have any shout outs you want to give before we wrap up i'd like to give a shout out to my wife pat thompson and uh, and all the teachers that got me here you know because i wouldn't be here if i didn't have them because i couldn't have done it on my own Okay, fantastic. Yeah, I really appreciate what you're doing. I mean, that's a, that's we know, you know, agree to do this because I don't do this for anybody. But, you know, I thought, you know, he's enthusiastic. He's trying to, you know, he's trying to further himself, and I enjoy that. And I enjoy your Instagram, and you know, start enjoy you as a friend. Yeah, and and and, and the feeling is mutual. Um, I I, I thoroughly appreciate. It. And for me, I I um, I don't take it for granted. I always look like this is you know you're you're taking time out of your day you, you teach you have a lot of things going on and you know it's not like hey james i'm busy until november you know i'll get to you <laughs> it's like hey you know, i have my people call you i have my people call you james <laughs> it happens man but you know we working yeah, through it This is true. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So now, where can they? We'll put your uh, information in the uh, description. Where can they find you um, on the web? Or if they want to see some of your work? so much yeah you know yeah it's it's definitely labor love I'm, I'm working on getting that one done before the uh, weekend's up because i want to start um you know getting get a new setup going where i can paint multiple um paintings at once so yeah so that's basically uh jody that's how we do it this has been episode 20 of the art and bs podcast the podcast by artists for artists and art lovers you could be anywhere on the internet but you're here with us and we appreciate that um catch us again same bs time same bs channel uh yeah guys and this is james Gerald's over and out we out of here like vladimir <laughs>